people don't want to feel like they're a byproduct of your top producer. You know mm. what I mean? And so they want to feel like they're the hero of their own story. And that's how we kind of present that. This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Agri. And before we bring on our guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're not already subscribed. And while you're there, drop us a review to let us know how we're doing. We'll read it here on the show. Our guest today is Stephanie Lugo. Stephanie, along with her husband Bryce, is a top producing realtor in my home group real estate in Scottsdale, Arizona. She and her small but mighty team have redefined real estate marketing in 2020 and beyond and have helped hundreds of families buy and sell while they're at it. Through her proven strategies for a six-figure business, Stephanie is obsessed with helping real estate agents become the go-to authority in their markets and her unique marketing strategies, which we're going to talk about here on the show today, create automated lead generation for your business while building your brand and influence in your area. This means a lifetime return of investment without spending a dime. Love that. On advertising. Stephanie, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Stephanie, it's amazing to have you on the show. Super excited to pick your brain on your lead generation strategies. Would love to hear your story, right? How did you get into real estate? Kind of talk about the journey a little bit and lead us up to where you're at today. Yeah, so I am one of those typical agents who left the nine to five because I just thought I could do better, right? Like I, I left finance after a couple of years in the industry. My husband and I, then boyfriend, decided we wanted to go at our own. Real estate seemed like the fun and easy way to build freedom and flexibility. And we had no you know, experience in the industry, but we, we kind of went for it. We took a chance and realized it was a lot harder mm. than anybody had let on. And, and, you know, the industry does such a great job of pitching you that freedom and flexibility, create your own lifestyle, unlimited income. And what we found that first year was what a lot of agents find, which is it's grueling. There's so much rejection and maybe even worse, there's so much guessing games, right? Mm. Like there's no one clear path to creating your business. And so after that first year, we did replace our nine to five incomes, which was really cool. And we were super excited about That's that. Amazing. We were like on the verge of burnout. And I was like, this does not feel like what I expected. I don't know, you know, I don't know if this is like really the way that it needs to be. And so from there, we spent a couple of years getting really curious about how we can kind of do things our way. And I was tired of chasing after clients who had no intention of working with us. I was, I was tired of kind of double crossing my own values and and just doing things that just didn't feel comfortable, like cold calling or door knocking. I understand that those are really effective ways to connect with the public. But at that time, it was 2015, 2016, yeah. like social media was changing things really quickly. And, and I just kind of recognized that people didn't want to be sold anymore. People didn't want to be tricked into falling into a fiduciary relationship with their agents. And, and so we got really curious about the social media role in, in real estate. And it changed everything for us. And now today we're top 1% in, in our market. We're in the Phoenix Scottsdale area. There's a lot of competition here, but our clients come to us and there's no like hitting the phones and prospecting in the morning. It's okay. Who is reaching out for help today? And how can we, you know, rise to that call and that's, amazing. you know, do what we can do. Did you ever go through that process of of having to rule drag through the cold calling and prospecting that way? Or was it literally you began building your brand 
and starting to attract people very that early on. We did that thing where um, we kind of tried a lot of different things in that first year just to see what felt felt good. I tried some calling off of Zillow. Um, do you remember how Zillow used to have that thing like make me sell? Yeah. That was my version of cold calling because I was like, well, at least they're warmer, <laughs> quote, quote unquote. At least there's some intent there. And then the first time I got off the phones, I started crying. <laughs> it's like, it's just not a good look. That's not so, abnormal though. A lot of people do that. <laughs> of course, of course. Even seasoned agents sometimes will get that one triggering call, right? Um, and, and it was just immediately, I was like, no, we can't do this. The, the other problem that we had was we didn't have a database. Mm -hmm. Now, while we're from here, nobody really tells you when you're younger or starting up your career, how important it is to create that network. You kind of have to find that wisdom on your own, um, through self-development or like coaching, that kind of stuff. And so that was a harder thing for us to understand. And so we built our database on social media. Like once we got it, we were like, okay, we can use social media, not as a way to like spend money on ads and like connect with randos. We can actually use it to make friends, connect with other leaders, um, you know, help support other businesses in the area. And we found so much joy in doing that. It was a lot of fun. It didn't really feel like work. And I think that that's when everything clicked. Explain that a little bit. Like, are you meaning like whenever you began getting followers or connecting with people on social media, you would literally take them from Instagram or Facebook or or maybe you were on other platforms and put them into a separate database? Yeah. So I am a stickler about this. We don't own Facebook. Mm-hmm. We don't own Instagram. Every now and then Instagram is down for a couple of hours, right? You've seen that. Yeah, and then yeah. everybody's like... <laughs> Like, is this the thing? Is this when it just, you know, melts off the face of the earth? I'm I'm like terrified of keeping all of my data in a place where I don't control. And so from the very beginning, we've always been very systems driven. And that is one of our values in our business and making sure to maintain proper service and scalability. Systems have to be in place, even when social media makes it so easy to house your communication. And so that's what that client journey looks like. We connect, we build trust, we engage. And then as soon as that hand raiser opportunity presents itself, you have to get them off the platform as quickly as possible or else your conversion is going to suffer. That is so smart. Can I ask you just technically like what CRM you use? Oh, I would love to share about it. So I'm a big fan of Follow Up Boss. Yeah, okay. You know, it's a big product. A lot of people use it, but I've used Follow Up Boss for about five years now and I'm really happy with it. Um, and we've only ever used Follow Up Boss. I also use it with Ylopo's search site. Gotcha. Um, yep. So not not to go plug in a bunch of... Yeah, <laughs> no, but people want to know. They always want to know Follow yeah. Up Boss. We've heard great things about them. My own brother actually uses follow-up boss. So we've heard great things about them. There's a lot of great CRMs out there, as everybody knows. Are. The best ones it's are the a, ones you use. Which, yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. But no, that's awesome to hear. So you talk about connecting, you know, engaging, finding the hand-raising opportunities. Can you walk us through like kind of the strategy behind your social? Like, what are you posting? How often? Um, how do you get people to raise their hands? Would love to pick your brain on that. Yeah, so we we do kind of a mix of content and you'll never see me selling. I'm one of those like a hard no against the hard sell on social media. So what we do is we do a lot of documentation, right? Just kind of like sharing behind the scenes, sharing what we're doing. We share a lot of our personal lives too. Not the private stuff, but you know, I've got a cute kid and like 
the least he could do is, is <laughs> so great. Earn your keep, kid. <laughs> right. I love it. But, but that's a core part of our brand. We're very family centric. Um, we love being out and about. And and really what, what we did was we just kind of thought about, okay, who's that ideal client, right? And you have to understand your ideal client because if you don't know what to post, that's a glaring red flag that you haven't done this work. And every other industry does it. And for some reason, the real estate industry, like we just think like, no, it's the house, but mm-hmm. it's actually the clients, the people who are, who are buying that house. Mm. And so we get really clear on the ideal clients. And then we try to think about like, what are they searching on social media for? What are they engaging with? What are they hovering over on their timeline just a little bit longer? And it's stuff that is, engaging, motivating, inspiring, fun things to do around town. And we just kind of reverse engineered that into our content strategy. So you almost never hear us talking about sales. Mm -hmm. We're never talking about open houses because like we don't even do those anymore. And when we do talk about the real estate stuff, we're talking about the client journey. Like yeah. we're not talking about like, bam, 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 sold in three <laughs> days with multiple offers. Like, oh my gosh, it's just such a cringe look today. People don't want to feel like they're a byproduct of your top producer. You know mm. what I mean? And so they want to feel like they're the hero of their own story. And that's how we kind of present that. So then naturally when they're ready to make a move, it's as simple as them sending us a DM and asking what the next step is. That's awesome. So walk us through that process. I'm I'm curious. And I think people would find this interesting. Who is your ideal client? Um, Why did you choose them? And then the second part of that question would be, you mentioned going out and finding what they're already looking for. Tactically, Mm -hmm. how did you do that? So who's your ideal client? Why did you choose them? And then how did you actually find what they were interested in? Yeah, most agents will have multiple ideal clients, right? So I have two. And my ideal clients are, when I began this, it was like the first time home buyer, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016, that's who was buying, right? And then yep. maybe if you can't the listing, if you're lucky, it's going to sit on the market for five months anyway. Um, but we, we, were, we were going after that first time home buyer for a long time and then building our database from that. As that has evolved, our clients are now second time moving up, which is fantastic. So they are selling for somewhere between five to seven and buying closer to the million dollar range. Mm, Beautiful. Right. So that's, that's That's a great market to be in. That's a great market. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is. And and also luckily we're really uniquely experienced in that contingent purchase. So some agents see that with this low inventory market, they're like, that's the hardest one to crack. How do you get them to sell when they don't have a place to buy? Yeah. Well, we've, we've done so much market research and we've gone through so many of these transactions that we remove that objection through our content already. Like that's just part of the content strategy. The other uh, ideal clients that we have are relocating. They're either moving here to buy um, or they are selling to move away, which is also really fun. Like that's just so simple, easy, done, clean transactions. Is that um, snowbirds or because you're in the Scottsdale area or no, they're actually moving there? Yeah, they're all between the ages of 25 to 45. Okay. Um, very much in our age demographic, highly educated, high credit scores, very well qualified, lots of money in F- the bank. Family oriented. Um, is that why you kind of go the family route or is that just more your authentic self? Was that like That's a conscious a, choice? That's what I'm all about, honestly. Okay. I want to work with people who have similar interests and values to yep. me at this I, point. I love that. No, I think that's super smart. I, it just makes a lot of sense. Like you were working with first time home buyers as you got started and yeah. where you were at in your life. And then as you have evolved, right, with yeah. your own family, your age, all that stuff, 
your target market is people who are doing the second home. And your experience. Yeah, Picking up experience. new skills gives you the ability to service yeah. those different types of I clients. also love the golden nugget yeah. of your ideal client can actually change. Now, you got to be careful yeah. um, in that because you know, you've invested all this money, right, from a, a journey standpoint in content. But I think people get hung up like you can only have one ideal client or it's yeah. never going to change. No, 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 it, it can change. You just got to know what it is and then put out content based upon that. So what I know Josh asked the second part of the question, which I'm curious, how did you go about going, okay, where are these people? How do I market to them? What kind of content do they want to see? How'd you do that process or how do you do that process? I mean, you can ask, you can ask them. Yeah. I mean, that's always really easy. So anytime anybody comes in on Instagram, I say, do you remember how you found us on Instagram? That's so cool. We love connecting with people on Instagram and they'll tell you they remember. Um, and if they, you know, if, if they don't, they'll at least say, you know what, I've been following you for so long. We get a lot of our clients who say, we've been following you for years. We always knew that you were going to be the one that, that sold our house, wow. right? Like it wasn't even a competition and that's beautiful. But the, the other thing that you can do, and I'm just pulling up Instagram just so I have a visual for myself. When you are searching, we have what we call the 10 by 10 by five method for engagement on social media. So when I'm mentoring agents, I teach them this method and it's just kind of a way to break down who you should be engaging with. Okay. You want to, you want to engage with 10 people on your feed, 10 people in the stories. And then the key thing here is you want to go into the explore, like into the discover page and you want to actively search for five new individuals or accounts or businesses that you don't already engage with. Mm. So you want to actively go out there and see what else is on Instagram. Because what happens a lot of the times is we get in our own algorithm, we get in our own little bubble, mm. and you don't really see a lot of new content. And that's by design. Instagram is doing that to make you comfortable and like keep you in your little comfort zone. But when you search, it's really cool because say you go to Discover and you search Phoenix, Arizona. And so immediately, if I just search Phoenix, Arizona, it is going to suggest a bunch of different accounts, but it's also going to suggest different hashtags, like branded hashtags. And it's also going to suggest other search keywords because Instagram has driven to an explore feature, right? Like it's a search engine and it's going to tell you what other similar interests are lumped in with whatever keyword you're looking for. And so part of what we do is we're constantly just going out and looking to see what other people are engaging with and what keywords or hashtags are trending. And you can even take it a step further. And if you do get an ideal client, the easiest way to figure out what they're looking at is go to their, go to what they're following. So you can look at their followers on their bio. There's another tab that says what hashtags they're following. It's That's so easy. Awesome. You can literally see what hashtags they're following. Yeah, yeah. What a great golden nugget. That is a great hack. I saw the same thing as first time I saw it on TikTok. Something very similar where I'd search Stay Paid Podcast, Stay Paid Podcast videos popped up. And on the video itself, like one of the thumbnails, it said people also searched yeah. the best podcast to listen to. And, and there was one other, I can't remember what it was. And I was like, oh, that's super interesting of it's telling me what other that's people powerful. are searching, which as a marketer you can use now, right? And what you, how you kind of label your content and all that good stuff. So that's a really, really powerful tip. 
Do you want a larger presence on social media? Of course you do, because that's where your audience is. Check out Reminder Media's newest product, Branded Posts, specially designed to increase your presence on social media without increasing your effort. Choose from thousands of already written blog posts on topics your clients care about, like real estate, travel, and recipes. And the best part is, these are branded with your photo and contact information and ready to be shared. Plus, every two weeks, we'll send to your list of contacts a personally branded email newsletter filled with recipes, stories, and ideas that they will love to get. Visit ReminderMedia.com slash posts to see our newest digital product and start dominating your social media. That's ReminderMedia.com slash posts. Take action on this today. So talk yeah. to us about like, how do you get it? Here's the struggle, I think, for most people. You're building all these connections on Instagram, Facebook but they're not buying from you today and you can't eat ramen noodle. I guess you can in your first years, right? But you know, it, it gets stressed out. How do you get the conversion? Like, how does that work? Do you just have faith and it happens? Do, are there specific things you guys are doing to try to convert people? Like how did that look? Yeah. How did, how did that look tactically for you? So you can extend an offer in a lot of different ways, okay. right? And and this can look like any one given thing. So, and Instagram is not the only thing we do, by the way. It's a really big part of it probably half of our business comes with from that. Um, and the other half is a lot of database referral, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but on Instagram specifically, you have to show up every day, number one. And you, even if it's just popping into the stories and reminding people that you exist, but it's also just a matter of extending an offer that isn't related to like looking at houses. And I think that one of the most challenging thing that real estate agents have is they don't know how to make themselves relevant beyond opening a door or putting a sign on the ground. And you know how every agent knows what they need to be doing? Like, you know what they need to be doing. You, they And they know what they need to be doing. They need to be making a certain number of calls and contacts. They need to be creating their own luck, right? The reason they don't, and as coaches, mentors, as other, you know, colleagues in the industry, we're, we're always thinking like, why don't they just like do the work? It's because they don't know how to make themselves valuable to their clients if they're not looking right now. Mm. And so you have to get creative on ways that you can serve your clientele and your client base and your database, regardless of where they are in that cycle of homeownership, right? So like, for example, I'll get agents who come to me and they're like, Steph, I mean, I just, I'm not really getting referrals to my database. I think I've just kind of tapped that out. I need new leads. And it's like, you have 150 people in your database who are going through a lot of really hard things right now in the current climate with the economy, with the housing market, there is a lot of uncertainty and it is reaching them in their homes. And you can't find a way to reach out to them and serve them that might trigger them to procure a referral for you. <laughs> like there's so many things that we can do. And we take that same concept to Instagram. And so when we're talking on Instagram, you know, we, we do a little bit of the educational stuff. We do a lot of storytelling, right? So if we have a really tricky uh, simultaneous buy and sell, once it closes, because I never want to jinx myself, but once it closes, I'm sharing that story. I'm sharing the challenges I'm sharing the things that were really important to our clients during that time. And what that looks like is, is yeah, they were so worried about 
quote unquote, being homeless before they sold their home. The Joneses were on the fence for months. And finally, we worked with them to create this beautiful timeline that worked perfectly with them, that allowed them to buy their home non-contingent and then turn around and sell it for top dollar. Everything worked out perfectly. Here's how we did it. And here's how you could do that too. And what this allows people to do is it, it helps them understand like, oh, she hears me. Like, it's like, she's speaking to me. Mm. She understands that there's a lot more at play here than just selling at the top of the market, just to sell. There's other things keeping me from making this big leap. And now I feel a little more confident in reaching out to her and learning more about how this might look for me. And so that's like the number one way that we do it. And you would be shocked at who reaches out to you once you give them permission and empower them to do that. Yeah. It's so powerful. It, people can envision themselves in that story. What you triggered for me yeah. memory-wise was we interviewed Jimmy Burgess or Burgess. I can't remember how he pronounces his, yeah. Yeah, his last name. He's the CEO now of Berkshire Hathaway Properties down in Florida. But he was talking to an agent and this agent in COVID, like when COVID first started and everything started shutting down, what they did for their database is that they found like the elderly people in their database and the people they knew would struggle and went and mowed their lawns and oh picked, yeah, it's crazy. Like you go, oh my gosh. And this person, where do they kill it? They kill it in referrals and in their farm. Because why? Because what they were thinking, what do we do? Everything's being shut down. We can't do business. No, this person said, no, how can I serve? How can I go contribute? Oh, the elderly people now, they can't hire these construction or these, you know, landscaping crews. They can't do it. We're going to go do that uh, for them. And I'm just like, wow, that is such a tactical, powerful example. You don't have to do that necessarily in mowing people's lawns, but there's so many ways. A simple one that I tend to tell agents all the time is, you have so many business connections that are so helpful to a homeowner, electricians, mm-hmm. plumbers, um, insurance people. Like, why not make sure your clients know, hey, if you ever need help finding a, a contractor, just let me know. We have a um, trusted contractors. I'd love to make that connection for you or even book them for you because I just want to offer any value that I can. It has nothing, it has everything to do with the house, right? It's maybe construction, but it doesn't have to do with you selling their house or buying their next house for them. You know, it has everything to do with just being of service, which is so powerful. Yeah, it's it's just about caring a little bit more to get creative about ways that you can show up. Nobody said that, you know, I actually, I heard this incredible, I I read this incredible statement and I don't remember off the top of my head what book this was, but I can find it for you. And when you're talking about a mission statement, so like in a brand, if we're talking about our brand, it's never the sign or the colors. It's like not the visuals. Your brand is the story, the values, the mission, like the ethos of who you are and what your mission is. If you're talking about how do you define a mission? The best question that you can ask yourself is how do you know when you're done? Wow. That Crazy, is right? Yeah. Are you are you done when you go to take a lockbox off a listing and you're like, peace? <laughs> like, <laughs> and you like float away and they never hear from you? No. Like it and and that one question <clears throat> changed everything for me because I was like, no, I'm not done because then I'm going to list it the next time they go to sell. Or, you know, I want to make sure I get the purchase the next time. Like I want to be at every single step 
of that relationship. We just got a listing referral the other day from one of our ideal clients who found us on Instagram three years ago, who sold their house here and moved to like Oklahoma. They don't even live here. They live on the other side of the country, but they still have friends here. And because of the way that we still reach out to them and check in on them and like, how are things going over there? They were like, you have to use Bryce and Stephanie. And they're like six states away. And That's so if amazing. you can allow, if you can allow your service and brand to fulfill that, it really does give you that context of like, okay, how what standard am I really holding myself to? And then how can I get creative to fulfill that? Yeah, I think the big pain point in real estate specifically is people are not being taught enough when they get into the business that this is a business that you have to realize it's not instant gratification. Like it's not yeah. transactional based. It's relationship based. Now, everybody hears it's a relationship based business, but they don't attribute that nuance to knowing that. No, no, no. What that means is the person you meet today, you need to work with the relationship knowing that they might buy from you five years from now. And if you can enter with that mindset, which is so foreign to most people, that, you know, they fail within five years, usually is what happens to them. But then you'll be successful because most lead gen strategies, most strategies that are out there, if you work them with consistency and you focus on value, you focus on the relationship, you focus on helping, you will end up blowing up and your brand will become attractive um, instead of a brand that's pounding the pavement every single day. Yeah. And it's funny too, because if we even go back to the cold calling example, you know, I know plenty of agents who are wildly successful at that very, very early on, but what are they doing after the transaction? Right. Build your database, create a long-term journey for your clients so that you don't have to cold call in yep. three years, right? Like <laughs> right. if you build up enough people, it will be self-sustaining and you will continue to be able to attract this business while using social media as an extension of that brand. And you will have more business than you know what to do with without ever having to like call some new person unless you want to. Some guys like that. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned, um, bef I think it was before we started recording maybe early on, you mentioned this idea of agents having to do this in order to avoid, I guess, kind of to paraphrase, going extinct, right? What is the biggest mm -hmm. threat to the real estate professional today? And what, where do they have to move in order to not become irrelevant or automated or, or whatever take you kind of have on that? Yeah, I feel really passionate about this. Um, you know, I think that we can all feel some pretty significant changes in the industry and it's happening really fast. So where I'm at, just for example, just an easy example, I'm in Phoenix, right? We're like the hotbed of iBuyers. Yes. We have we have everybody here. We have Homie, we have Offerpad, we had we had Zillow homes, but you Are know, you in the area where now. they all they all <laughs> test it? Are you in the area where all the pilot tests happen oh, yeah. in your space with the iBuyers? They they come here, they set up shop and we're like, Err. okay. Oh, but what but what do they do, right? We know we know as an industry that they can't do what we do. We know that they take higher fees on average. We know that they sell and net to the seller on average less. We know that they cannot fulfill that, you know, white glove service that we can. And it is right for a segment of, of clientele, but not everybody. Right. right. And so it's almost like if we really believe that we are really good at what we do, right? So like, like imagine you guys have a sister or a best friend if you are not able to be the one to help facilitate that transaction and they fall in with another just, you know, 
subpar service that takes advantage of them, takes money out of their equity and they are left for the worse. Like you failed, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have absolutely failed just in general for the example. And so my mission is so strong to where I know I can do for my clients better than any other agents and especially better than tech. But if I'm not able to reach them through modern branding and, and, and marketing strategies, I have failed. Mm. Maybe because I was too afraid to show up on camera or too afraid to show up on video or didn't care to make the time on social media. Every opportunity that you lose and they go and fall in, you know, someone, someone else's service who does not give them the treatment that you could have given them, you have failed. And so this is happening widespread in the industry. When we're doing this, when we're not giving people a compelling reason to hire us over our competition, when we're not making our relevance and our value clear, they go to these iBuyers because it's a sexy proposition. It sounds cool. It sounds modern. It sounds more interesting. And they have a horrible experience. And what does it do? It just reaffirms the idea that real estate is for suckers. All these agents are out to get everybody. Use car salesmen, that whole thing. And the more this happens over time, the more people start to question, why would I give three, 6% of my commission to Mm. anybody? Yeah. Why would a buyer choose to pay me if a seller wasn't going to offer a co-broke, right? Like for me, our, our average commission is higher than a lot of our peers in the industry mm. because our buyers will pay out of pocket to satisfy our commission, to make sure that they have good representation because we have educated them on why that's valuable. And that allows me to continue working really hard and reach more people. Yeah. But again, as an industry, when this is breaking down, what we see is the public not understanding what our function is. Because homie came and put a keypad on the door. So now I don't need an agent to open the door for me. I can just walk in. What else do I need him for? Well, you and I know what they need us for. But if we can't articulate that, we are shooting ourselves in the foot. And we are going to be out of the industry within the next five to 10 years, if that long. And everybody else can see the writing on the wall, but nobody wants to do the work that it takes. You have to put yourself out there. You have to care like your life or your business at least depends on it. Yep. And you have to show up for people and be a dang human, you know? It's so true. Yes. Yeah, so good. It's funny because it's never a money issue. And in, in the faster you can come to understand that in it's business, never it's never about money. It's always about the how you articulate the value and how that buyer perceives the value that they're getting. People will pay for convenience. They will pay for the ability to trust somebody. They will pay because it's not about the money. It's about the value. But it's all how you, like you said, it's all how you articulate it. And I think you're right. And we just interviewed some people about the blockchain, right? And crypto and everything that's happening there. Um, when it comes to real estate. And again, it's just another thing that's going to come down the pipeline. And you've got to ask yourself as a business professional, are you here to service your clients and get the knowledge that they need to protect them and advise them the right way? Are you willing to go the extra step and learn that and and make sure that you understand what's happening in the market? Because that's what your job is. If you're just showing up to show houses, what did Grant Cardone Mm -hmm. say? Get a job at Best Buy. That's where they show (laughs) stuff you know? show houses yeah. no 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 oh, he, 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 goes, it's a he, he said some derogatory comment one time that i mean i hate to say it but he goes real estate agents they just show 
That's what they think they do. And they don't realize, mm-hmm. no, they're actually supposed to deliver value. And then he would made the comment of Best Buy. But it's the, what you're saying, it's like where real estate agents sell, they don't, are, they don't realize, no, no, you got to show up. You got to articulate your value proposition because they think you put a yard sign in the yard. That's what they think. Yeah. And this is why we start <clears throat> square one with the ideal client. So, so you said people will pay for value. People will pay for trust. Like they will pay, they will pay for that. That is value. But really what people, what people will pay for is to move towards pleasure or move away from pain. Correct. That's what they'll pay for. And so like human nature, that is human nature to, to stay in our comfort zone, stay towards pleasure and move away from pain and discomfort. And so when you know your ideal clients, you get to actually be like a little scientist and like do that research and figure out what are those pain points? What are the fears? What are the desires? What stresses are keeping them up at night? You know, I've, I've had situations with, with my husband in our life where we've been laying in bed at night, staring at the ceiling, trying to figure out like what we're going to do about some, you know, catastrophe that happened in our lives. Cause mm-hmm. that's just, you know, it's life. What is that relating to their home sale or purchase? Mm-hmm. And freaking dance on that like a couple of ivories you know what I mean like like really that is what the content strategy should be that is what you should be doing because it's allowing you to create the solutions to those problems and you make yourself irreplaceable when you do that and suddenly even experience doesn't matter because how many agents can say that they're really rocking out in this client or in this in this low inventory market it's really challenging. And even very seasoned agents right now are like, I'm not really like, I'm not really keeping up with things. Things are moving so fast. Um, it's, it's so challenging out there. There's so much competition and some of the new agents who are really scrappy and resourceful are like doing some really cool stuff. And so it's, again, it's again about like them understanding what skills and resources they have in that context and being able to present it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you have to evolve or die. Uh, I want to ask you this final question, uh, Stephanie, uh, because your story has been great to listen to and uh, all of the value that you have learned over these years of doing this, what would you go back and tell your younger self? Maybe, you know, you went through the nine to five, you went through the years as in real estate. What would you go back and tell younger Stephanie before, you know, entering this career? I would just say to stay curious, staying curious. So I think that so often we have a really clear picture on what we think that our life should be or how our success story should unfold. (laughs) And everybody does deserve that success story, but it's never going to look exactly like we expect it to. And I can say right now, I, I never even like a lot of people say, Oh, I always wanted to be in real estate. I always thought it'd be cool. That was not me. I just was kind of like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Money. And it, it actually created a journey that has given me so much purpose and meaning. And I learn something new every day and I'm constantly cultivating new skills that bring value to others. And if I had been really strict to one way of doing things or, you know, really wanted things to work out the way that I thought they should, I I would have missed a lot of really cool opportunities. And so it's just, it takes the time that it takes but it always kind of shakes out in a, in a really cool, interesting way. And it usually shakes out for the best. And so that would be what I would say. Stay curious. Love, love that. that. Before we close out, uh, please let people know how to connect with you. Yeah. Instagram at Bryce and Stephanie. Don't, don't ask. It's long. So B-R-Y-C-E-A-N-D-S-T-E-S. A-N-I-E. Um, that's the easiest way to hang out. I'm also on YouTube. I also have a podcast, but start at Instagram and 
stay curious from there. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Stephanie, so much for coming on. And thank you all so much for listening. You can get the links that Stephanie mentioned there in the show notes for this episode at staypaidpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode and looking for ways to support the show, there's only two ways we ask you to do that. First is to head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop a five-star review and a comment to let us know what you think. And then the best way is to share this episode with a friend, share it with a colleague, <laughs> share it on social media. Uh, that's absolutely the best way you can show your support. So thank you so much for doing that. If you want to get hold of me or Luke directly, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can follow us as well on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acre. Your action item from this episode is you need to be on social, right? But you need to be active on there and actually using social for what it was created for, which is being social, which is engaging with people, which is you know fostering these relationships implement Stephanie's strategy of 10 by 10 by five. Like get on every single day and interact with 10 people in your feed, interact with 10 people on the stories, go to the explore page and find five new accounts that you can interact with. And what a great golden nugget in there of searching the hashtags or searching the area of where you live and engaging with accounts that are in that area. You're the local expert. You can foster those relationships. So implement that. Remember the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single business is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 